Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Bittersweet Unconfidence Podcast. Everything we do in life starts with a choice, with a decision. So before we start this episode, I'm Joe, and I hope you're not comfortable. But if you are, then let's get uncomfortable together. Hi, have you heard the phrase happiness is a choice? I've heard it multiple times and the first couple of times I didn't believe it. I, it didn't feel real. It felt like if happiness was as simple as that, then everyone should be happy. We shouldn't have depression in life. So I decided to dive a bit deeper into what it means that happiness is indeed a choice. And I found out that it's not a one-time choice that you make and that makes you happy forever. It's a series of micro decisions. It's choices that you do every day in order to be happy and stay happy. Those decisions start within you, for you. And how I started this journey is I decided that I would want to become happier at one point. So what I did is I ordered a book that apparently was recommended by many people and it's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And this book It's a series of questions, and Eckhart Tolle has every question answered. And those questions were so relatable, they all made so much sense to me, because I felt like those are questions that have been on my mind for so long, and now I finally found someone who can give me those answers. So I truly, truly recommend you buy this book, you read the book, it really changed my life, and I hope it does the same for you. The first thing that I figured out or that I understood from this book is the voice in my head. Every one of us has a voice in their head. But it's what, how we deal with this voice that can actually play the biggest role. This voice, those are thoughts that come through your head every day. It's full of it. We live in a time where you have so much exposure to social media, to people, to news, to articles or whatever. So there is so much information to take in. And therefore, your mind is a non-stop working machine. And I asked myself, is the voice in my head actually me? And Eckhart Tolle actually answered that. It most of the time isn't. It is your ego. And what is our ego? Our ego is something that was influenced by our surroundings, by our circumstances, by the things the media feeds us. This is what the ego is, and it's collective. Everyone goes into the same, gets the same information out of social media. Therefore, we all have similar problems, however very different. We all deal with them differently. We all think about them differently. I started listening to this voice in my head. I started listening to my thoughts and trying to understand why do I have this thought? Why is this occurring right now? And one thing that I realized is that those thoughts are always something about the future or the past. It's never something that is happening right now. And you know why that is? Because if you're living presently in the moment, you, you will not think about it. You will just do it. You will just live it. When you're studying, you don't think about studying. You study. When you're reading, you don't think about reading. You read. Your mind drifts off after a while. Those are, there are many techniques of how to get back your attention and your focus to the present moment. In fact, meditation helped me a lot with that. Because 
in meditation, when you start, your mind drifts off a lot at the beginning. And even in guided meditations, they tell you it's fine to drift off, but always remind yourself to bring yourself back to the present moment. And how do you do this when you're thinking constantly about the future and you're worrying about what might be? Or thinking about something that shaped you from your past. You, we let our thoughts form us and we believe that we are what we think. But we are not what we think. We're two different things. Your soul is not your ego. And your ego is manipulated. And it's manipulative. It man manipulates you to think about things that are out of your present moment. And therefore, once you start listening... Take each thought for its own thought. Think about it and listen to why you have it. Reflect on it. Go back and try to understand why do I have this in the first place? What is my ego telling me or what is my ego trying to do? This is the first step. So you take a step back and you listen with all the attention you have. And then the second step is you try to understand it. Once you understand why you have this thought, you can either delete it or actually take it into consideration whether it's something important for you or not. So this is the second step. The third step is if you believe that this thought is important, dig a bit deeper and try to understand why is it important. Does it have anything to do with my values? Because we have so many values. And I realized that so many values that I have are not actually mine. Those are values that I was given throughout my life, whether it's from my family while growing up or in school. Those certain values shape us. They shape how we think and how we live. But most of them are not even ours. So we need to, first of all, filter through our values and try to understand which ones actually match my actual self my real, uninfluenced self? Which value would I still have if I were free to choose? And which would I get rid of? For me, for example, there was this value which was imprinted in my head. Play it safe. Don't risk too much because you might fail. And this is something I saw from people around me. I saw them scared of failure. And therefore, they always played it safe. And they told me to always have a backup plan and to not get too involved with things because it might break me or disappoint me or whatever. But those are their values. Those are not mine. This is definitely not one that I have. When I reflected on this value, I realized this is not mine. It's not something that I want. I don't want to play it safe. I want to do what I want to do. Whether it's safe or not is up to me to decide, right? So this was one that I exchanged. When I found this value, I exchanged it with the one that suits me better. And it helped me so much. It helped me take decisions that may upset other people, but they made me happier. So this is one of the decisions that actually makes me happier. Once you decide that you want to change something that is so deeply engraved in you, because you don't feel like this would make you happy, this is one step closer to actually being happy, right? The second example, the second value I had was if someone hurts me or lies to me, I would seek revenge. I want to hurt that person just as much. And 
I also realized that this is not me. I don't want to hurt you if you hurt me. I don't care. Because you can't hurt me if I don't have any expectations from you. So what I exchange this value to is, if you cross me, if you do me wrong, then you missed your chance of having me in your life. This is how I see it. I don't need revenge. Because what does revenge bring me other than thoughts about how to get revenge? And I would get into the cycle again of uncontrolled thoughts that will suck me out of my present moment and make me think about evil things, which is again my ego, wanting revenge. Once I separated myself of that need of revenge, I felt so much lighter. And I became happier even in situations where people did something to try to hurt me or to lie to me. I don't care anymore because I know what I am. I know who I am. And if you hurt me, I don't need to hurt you back. It's not a, it's not a game. It's life. And I decide to just ignore it. Not even ignore it. It's not relevant to me because I'm living my life on my own. So you hurt me once. Thank you very much. We're done. This is how I feel more comfortable with it. You might have a different value. But the message in this is, write down your values. Start with three to five values that you know you have. And ask yourself, are those mine? Or are those influenced by society or my parents or my school or my girlfriend, boyfriend or whatever? And if they're not yours, cross them and write next to it what you would change about this value. Which value you would like to have instead of this one? How do you want to deal with a certain situation which would make you happier and not the way you saw other people deal with certain things? So get clear on your values and follow through with them. So with this being said, values are something we, we can choose. We can choose which values we want to keep and which one we want to get rid of. The ones that make us happier should be the ones that we stick with, which means that happiness could also be a choice, just like values is a choice. For example, what we can start with is to start keeping things that make us happy, just like our values, and get rid of the things that don't make us happy. This is what I mean with happiness is a choice. This is what's meant with happiness is a choice. You choose what to keep and what to get rid of. You can start with your circle of friends or the circle of people around you. Who makes you happy? Who adds stress to your life? Which people do you not need in your life? I'm not saying break up with everyone. I'm not saying end all the friendships. I'm saying find the suitable distance that would make you feel free and happy. There are a lot of people with energies that suck yours. They take too much energy and time from you. And they might even distract you from your own life or from being present in the moment. And this is when you can start to take those brutal choices. It's not an easy choice to give up someone, to let somebody go. It's not easy. But we need to do it in order to be happy. Once you start surrounding yourself only by people that mean so much to you and that actually push you to be better and happier, then you'll be happy. The energy that you get from them is the energy you will reflect. So if you get only bad energy from people, you will have a certain bad energy coming out of you just as much. So you choose. And 
This is exactly why they say happiness is a choice. Not one, multiple, many, many, many decisions, everyday decisions. I have distanced myself from many people in the last years, sometimes on purpose, sometimes less on purpose. It just drifted apart. But everything happened so far for a reason, because I found my circle. I found the people that I want to grow with, that I want to be with, that make me want to be better and happier than I've ever been before. And those are the people that I know I will keep in my life. And I'm sure you can find these people too. But you need to be strong. You need to understand that cutting people is sometimes for your own benefit and also maybe for their own benefit. I've cut people that I love so dearly and I still love them. I check up on them. I'm not saying never talk to them again. But don't let them as close to you as anybody else. Because if they get close to you, that's when your energy starts to change. Check up on them, talk to them, see them every once in a while. But the people you hang out the most with, you talk the most with, you need to choose carefully. Because this has a huge impact on you, your energy and your behavior. One thing that helped me with the choice of friends and choice of who to let go and helped me not feel that guilty or bad when I cut people or when I distanced myself is the fact that I realized nobody's life is dependent on yours. Just as much as yours doesn't depend on anybody being there too. So limiting yourself and saying, I can't distance myself from that person because they need me. Guess what? They don't. And even if they do right now, after a while they will not. And they will move on and they will continue with their life just as much as you will. After a breakup, both people move on, right? Even though one person in the breakup needs the other one because one person ended the relationship. But both of them move on and life goes on and nobody depends on anybody anymore. The only person you're allowed to depend on is actually yourself. And therefore, don't feel bad when you distance yourself from people. You're doing it for yourself, and that's the only thing that matters. The next contribution to how to become happier or how to take the choices that can make us happier is how we view the world. This is also something which you need to do every day. You need to decide every day that you want to have an awesome day. You want, you want to decide, you need to decide not to look for problems, not to look for bad things. But rather, see the beautiful in the world, see the good, and see the things that make you happy. This is also your choice. You decide where to look, whether it's right or left, whether it's good or bad. If you only wake up with the intention of, today is not going to be a good day, or you feel something weird, then it's not going to be a good day. It's not. Easy as that. You will go out of your home, you'll see something that is happening, you'll see it as bad, So you label it bad. And then everything you see, you start just seeing the bad. You get like a tunnel vision where all the good happens on both sides, but you're not looking. You're just looking for the bad. When you wake up and you say today is going to be good, you will see the good. Whether it's this person smiling at you at the street or this child playing in the park or whatever. You start seeing things that make you happier. You start want to see more things that make you happier and you see less problems. Now, a lot of people would say, well, what if something happens throughout the day that is completely out of my control? Well, your answer is in your question. It is out of your control. 
why does it piss you off then? Why does it change your mood? Why does it ruin your day? If it's not something that you did, why, why are you pissed about it? It's fine. Things that are out of our control happen all the time. It's just about how you see it, how you decide to deal with it. And one thing that I do, or two things actually, when, so, when I get bad news, I don't react immediately. Because the first reaction is, first of all, the emotional one. And second of, one, it's, second of all, it's the, the one that shifts your energy, that can turn you angry or sad very quickly. It can ruin your day, maybe your week, maybe your month. What I do is, when I get the bad news, I remind myself to take deep breaths. Just to bring myself back to the moment and not go too far with my thoughts. Not to think about this bad news too much. So I breathe and then I take in the information. Once you react immediately, it's unexpected what's going to come out of you. You have no control over it. And you react emotionally, pure emotions. And this is where you might lose it. But if you take a step, a step back and you take a couple of breaths... And then you try to see how to deal with this news. You'll deal with it way better. One thing that I also do if I don't, like, if I forget to take a couple of breaths, I count to 10. Internally, I don't say it out loud, but I count to 10. And this is something my mother used to always tell me. Count to 10 before you take a decision or before you react to something. And counting to 10 gives you 10 seconds before you say something. And those 10 seconds are so valuable because the first thing that you say after 10 seconds is something a bit more rational, a bit more mature than the thing you would say immediately, right? So take time, take a step back, think about what you just heard and think about how you want to see it and react to it. This can help you react normally, whatever the news is, whatever it is. If somebody died that you love, if you take a moment before you break down or before you start screaming, if you take a moment to appreciate this person, you will deal with their death completely differently. And I had this with my grandfather. Of course, I cried. But first, when I got the news, I, bre I breathed deep breaths. I started listening to my breath because I didn't know what, what to do, what, how to react. And then afterwards, my reaction was pure. It wasn't emotionally triggered. It was pure love, um, of course, sadness, but it was in control. I was fine. I was controlling my emotions. Emotions are controllable. There are people who are masters at control controlling their emotions. If people can master this, then we can also control our emotions. Because what others can do, we can do just as much. So to sum up the five steps I talked about today, as I said, there are way more choices, way more decisions that you can do on a daily basis to sustain this happiness. But the five that we talked about today are number one, to separate yourself from your ego and to choose to be the observer and order to understand and reflect why you have certain thoughts and then you can deal with them better. You can separate yourself from your thoughts and then you can be more present. And when you're more present, you're more happy. Number two is filter your values and choose which values you want to exchange and which you want to keep to make you feel fulfilled. Your values are not always things that actually come from within you. They're influenced by your 
upbringing, by your family, by your school, by your friends. Find your true values. Those will also make you happier and make you feel more comfortable with situations that come. Step number three, or choice number three, is choose which people to keep in your life and which people you need to let go. Sometimes just distancing yourself. You don't need to end a friendship or break up with someone. But sometimes you need a certain amount of distance to a person because the energy is not the one you need right now or the one that is making you happy right now. And it's not bad. Don't feel bad. Nobody's depending on you and you're not depending on anyone. The only one that matters is you. Number four is decide that every day you will have the best day of your life. And with that, you will start seeing positives. You will see positives everywhere. A friend of mine, Christian, I talked about him in the last episode, texts us this in a, in a group chat every day. Every day he writes, today is the best fucking day of my life. And I promise you, he has the best fucking day of his life every day. You know why? Because it's the only day he has. The day that passed yesterday and the day that's coming tomorrow are gone or not even here. This is the only day you have. So make the best out of it. Number five is decide to take a moment before reacting to situations emotionally and remind yourself that situations can only be as valuable or as important as you let them be. And over time, everything fades. Time heals all wounds. So don't react emotionally. Don't give something too much of your energy. Keep it, take a step back, breathe, and act accordingly. Do not react. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you have any feedback or any criticism, it's open. You can text me on Instagram. I'm going to link it in the description of this episode. And I'm loving it. I'm loving this journey with you guys. It's been seven episodes. When I started seven weeks ago, I truly didn't believe that it's going to be seven episodes. I didn't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting anything and I'm still not expecting anything, but it's, I'm just having fun and I'm loving it. I'm loving the feedback and uh, let's, get, let's, let's keep this journey going. See you again next week. Mm-hmm.